1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend and a fantastic Father's Day. I was I, uh, celebrated my first Father's Day yesterday, uh, which was weird, <laughs> but but good. Um, God bless all you dads out there. Um, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Ezra Wyrick. Always a great time talking to Ezra. And we talked about uh, RFK Jr., uh, his, his appearance on Joe Rogan that everybody's talking about. We talked about... Uh, debating "quote unquote" conspiracy theorists and, and how insurgent candidates um, like RFK and others can help damage the the aura of invincibility around the state and its narratives. It was, it was a great discussion. I think you guys will like it. Before we get to Ezra, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Ezra Wyrick. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ezra Wyrick. Ezra, how you been, man?
0: Been good, man. Thanks for having me back on. This is what the third, fourth, yeah, maybe it's the fifth time. This is uh, something this, like that. <laughs> this is getting to be an often occasion.
1: Absolutely, I man. I enjoy I'll, it. Always happy to have you on. Um, I, I never thought we'd be talking about uh, RFK Jr. <laughs> on this <laughs> on this podcast. I, I started the show six and a half years ago, and I, I really never uh, th- this fellow was not on my radar, but. We do have to talk about it, and and what we're witnessing right now—I'm just going big picture here. It's not really about RFK. What we're witnessing is is something unique right now, and I'm not sure how it's all going to play out, but we're watching the corporate press and the ruling class slowly but surely losing control. And don't get me wrong, a a wounded animal is dangerous. I mean, they will lash out, destroy a lot of people's lives. Things are going to get worse before they get better, absolutely. Um, but Rogan, Joe Rogan, having RFK Jr. on his show, a platform of, you know, probably 20 plus million people at this point and the press being completely powerless and the regime being completely powerless to stop it is a beautiful moment. And this has nothing to do with RFK Jr. Quite frankly, I don't care about RFK Jr. I don't know anything about vaccines. I'm not qual. It's just not. It's not my beat. You know, that's not my thing. I, I'm not qualified to speak on any of that. But this isn't about vaccines. It's about control. And, and the left and the press have controlled the flow of information for so long that they tricked themselves into thinking that they would have a monopoly on accepted speech forever. And it is it is wonderful watching them slowly realize that their power is slipping away from them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I think that— uh you know the the whole situation with RFK Jr and and particularly in terms of the uh the scientist the professor uh whatever he is the professional expert uh the expert class that doesn't want to have a debate um i think well you know me personally i hate debate me bro culture i think it's childish but at the same time, professionals should be willing to sit down and have discussions about science. I mean that's, that, that's just something that should be expected of a scientific professional. Now, uh, you could argue that RFK Jr. is a nut. You could argue that he's a conspiracy theorist, and I think in many ways you'd be correct. Like uh, me personally, like like you said, I'm not qualified to comment on vaccines or the efficacy of vaccines or how vaccines are made or or whatever conspiracy theory related to vaccines. I don't I don't have any expertise in that area. But for people that do have expertise in that area, I think it's important for them to sit down, you know, set the record straight and uh, a failure to want to do that. Uh, to me, just lends credence to conspiracy theorists and gives them, you know, gives them more fuel. Uh, Why not sit down and have a have an adult discussion about these kinds of things and, uh, you know, really lay out the science and lay out the data and lay out the facts and, you know, just basically dispel all of these theories. Failure to do that and not doing that really, uh, I think, points to the arrogance of the expert class. And as far as RFK Jr. is concerned, I mean, I wouldn't vote for the guy. I don't think he's right. someone I would cast my vote for. But you know, there's there's few people on that list. Um, <clears throat> but I do think that uh, RFK is is an interesting guy. I think his family history is is very interesting. Um, and I also think that um, RFK Jr. his his stance uh, when it comes to vaccines, it's very interesting how. He is um according to polling at least pretty popular among Democrats given his vaccine stance. Like I I'm 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 kind of shocked that uh Democrats are willing to vote for a guy. And I think it's like some polls have shown uh RFK Jr. actually close to tied uh with Biden in, in terms of polling. So uh, it's kind of weird to me how <laughs> you know Democrats are supporting an an anti-vaxxer. And I think that just speaks to just how bad Biden is and and how much Democrats, the average Democratic voter, uh, knows that he's not going to last much longer in one way or another and that uh, they just need someone else. And at this point, it's it's anyone else besides Biden.
1: Right. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that his last name's Kennedy, obviously, if you're Mm -hmm in American at all, the, you you know the name, and if you're a Democrat, you love the name, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Last uh, last name Kennedy basically guarantees you twenty percent in any given primary.
1: So. Right, and the only thing I'll say on the vaccine topic is that I have no idea how if if normal child vaccines are dangerous <clears throat> or whatever, if there's or if there's a tie between, you know, vaccines and autism. I have no idea. I I, I have no clue. I got all the vaccines as a kid. I, I just, you know, it's I I don't know. I I have no idea. And I I don't debate because I'm not an expert on anything. <laughs> you know, I'm a generalist. You know what I mean? The one I I have debated before, and I I can do it. I'm not I'm not bad in a debate, but it's not interesting to me. I get really bored, and I I kind of get I'll just like start zoning out. I'll kind of get sarcastic. I'm just not like, I, it's it's not worth my time. And I get a lot of crap from the audience. They're like, oh, the so and so was on and. You let them say stuff you disagree with. You didn't debate them. I'm like, this isn't a debate show, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a, like I, there's a lot of debate shows out there. Go, go listen to that. You know, and yeah. and like, you know, call me a good old boy, but I, 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 I view when I say, you know, I'm bringing on a guest, I, I take that word literally. <laughs> I treat my guests like guests. Mm-hmm. They're my guest. It's like if I had if I have you over for dinner, I'm not gonna like, I, you know, if you start saying something totally wrong and evil, right? advocating for lockdowns or war or something like, well, let me stop you there. This is why you're wrong. But like, I'm not going to debate you. You know what I mean? Like, just like I wouldn't debate somebody over my. Yeah. Like my guests are taking the time out of their day to come on the show and have a conversation. I'm going to treat them with respect. You know, I'm not going to debate everybody. (laughs) But uh, the the thing is, obviously, RFK is right about the covid vaccine because everybody knows that the quote unquote conspiracy theorists were correct about the covid vaccine. We all know now that the vaccine did nothing to stop the spread of COVID. They, we know now that we don't really know the, the numbers yet, but the, the vaccine did give a whole bunch of uh, young, healthy people, mostly young, healthy men, heart attacks and, and myocarditis. And, and so we do know that that's true. And I, think, I mean, obviously, when you have the regime and the press and the entire ruling class lying for years about this vaccine, I mean, obviously, it's only natural that people would start questioning all vaccines. I mean, it's just human nature, man, and I don't blame people for that. So that that, that kind of makes sense to me that you know his his radicalism on the vaccine stuff doesn't really hurt him, you know, at, at, you know, in terms of polling. Um, but yeah, like going going back to the whole debate thing, you're right. I, I don't like the debate me bro culture. I I've been on the business end of that. People accuse me of not wanting to debate all the time. But you have this guy, this regime-approved expert, Peter Hotez, Mm-hmm. It's like you claim to be an expert. You know, you, you claim yeah. to know everything what about are the, vaccines. One of the
0: foremost experts on, on yeah. vaccines and uh, immunology in general.
1: So the only reason why he won't debate in RFK is because it's just religious. It's religious to the left. I mean, questioning the government on anything is heresy. So they just they, they can't allow it to happen because they I mean, it's. Shows that their their God, you know, has no clothes, you know, mm-hmm. and but they they just don't understand, man. Like this guy runs to MSNBC to complain about Joe Rogan and RFK and Elon Musk in front of their whatever two hundred thousand people watching, and but Rogan's he's, gonna he's fire. Not going up to
0: have a discussion, he's gonna run to MSNBC, and he's gonna talk to he's gonna nobody. talk to MSNBC about it, he's gonna talk to a friendly host on a friendly program about the issue. He's not willing to have a discussion, and his contention is, well, if I have a discussion, all I'm doing is is giving a platform to a conspiracy theorist. Okay, give a platform to a conspiracy theorist, you know, blow them out of the water with facts and data, and then they just look stupid. Yeah. You, you have nothing to lose from this exchange.
1: And they just don't understand that the game has changed, man. The game has changed. He, he went on MSNBC, you know, Friendly Network. To whine about Joe Rogan in, in front of a couple hundred thousand people and Rogan's gonna talk to twenty million mm-hmm. on the podcast today. Yeah,
0: pod, podcasting has totally changed the game and I think I tweeted it out the other day, like going on major podcasts with massive nationwide and even worldwide audiences, I think that's the future of of political campaign.
1: I agree, like, and it's you it's can gonna reach be so
0: many more people with your message.
1: And if you can't handle that platform, it's gonna be a massive mark against you probably not in not in 2024. You know, it's a little early, but moving forward, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's going to be we're going to have conversations on this podcast like so and so, you know, young up and coming Republican. Oh, he's talking a good game, you know, like he's I don't know, he he kind of had had a lot of the like 2008 Ron Paul talking points that we like, but I don't know, he really couldn't handle Rogan. You know, he kind of faded after two hours, and he would lose his train of thought. I don't know. It didn't look good. was a bad look. I mean, we're going to have conversations like that. I think shows like Rogan are going to be that important moving forward.
0: Yeah, and there there will be others. There will be others. Like I said, I mean, podcasting has changed the whole political game. Like, you know, you have uh, political candidates. So what do they want to do now? They don't want to. They don't really want to go on shows anymore or go on—I mean, they still go on, like, their friendly networks and, you know, uh, dish out some red meat to the base. But if they really want to have a discussion and they want to show people from all sides and every end of the spectrum where they stand, a podcast is really the best platform to be able to do that, a massive nationwide
1: podcast. What I need people to understand also is that—I mean, you don't have to agree with RFK Jr. I surely don't, and I would never vote for him, obviously— he is a lefty. You know, he is a Democrat. But yeah, this this whole debate going on right now on the on Twitter on the right is it's a bunch of people that just can't keep their eye on the prize, man. It's like and I just tweeted a little while ago, RFK Jr. never called me non-essential, right? <laughs> RFK Jr. never arrested a pastor or said that I couldn't uh, uh, buy seeds to grow in my garden. You know what I mean? RFK Jr. never locked me in my home at gunpoint or said I can't use my boat. I mean, RFK Jr. never told anyone that they can't visit a dying family member or sent COVID-infected 90-year-olds back to a nursing home. Like, RFK Jr. never destroyed economies, making the suicide rate spike, the drug overdose rate spike. I mean, RFK Jr. never shut down a business. Like, COVID revealed that the conspiracy theorists really aren't that dangerous. The danger yeah. came from the toxic rule followers. COVID revealed that we are a nation of statist, blind rule followers that will that would literally rat out the slaves in the basement or the Jews in their attic in a heartbeat yeah. if their televisions told them to. That's what we learned in 2020. And that is yep. far more deadly than RFK, than Alex Jones, than anybody. There's far more deadly consequences. This statism has far more deadly consequences than conspiracy theorists. Peter Hotez... Yeah said that unvaccinated Americans, people that didn't get the COVID jab, should be rounded up and thrown in camps. If you take everything RFK Jr. has ever said in his entire life and added it up, it's not a fraction of the evil that Peter Hotez and people like Peter Hotez were spewing on cable news every night for two years. Your enemies, if you're listening at home, understand me, your enemies are not the kooky conspiracy nuts. They are presidents. And regime doctors, and FBI agents, and the ATF, and the IRS, and members of Congress, eye on the ball. You don't have to agree with RFK Jr., mm-hmm. but the people opposing him are, are orders of magnitude worse. We're not talking about you know apples to apples here. We're talking about blood-soaked killers, okay? And RFK Jr. might be wrong about it. I mean, he's almost certainly wrong about a lot of the stuff he has to say. But he never called. He never locked me in my house, brother. He never said I can't go to church, okay? And, and the people opposing him did. So it's like a little bit of focus would go a long way, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's that. That's a powerful message. And uh, I, I think it's important to remember that, uh, like you said, I mean, it wasn't Alex Jones. It wasn't RFK Jr. Uh, or some other conspiracy nut that, uh, you know, banned church like uh, Governor Andy Beshear did in, in, in Kentucky. Uh, by the way, shout out to TJ Roberts for that lawsuit. Um, right. But I mean I would, I would just say this. Conspiracy theorists, yeah, sometimes their ideas uh, and the things that they say can be harmful because they can lead people to do uh, bad things or, or lead people to take actions that are irrational. But at the end of the day, it's just that. It's irrational actions. It's people that are being convinced to take actions that they wouldn't otherwise take because they get scared about some moral panic or, or some, some fad or, or something like that. Um, but in terms of, of politicians, in terms of you know regime actors and people on the take, these people do real, actual, uh, honest-to-goodness harm to people. Yeah. And conspiracy theorists, yeah, sometimes their ideas might be harmful. But people on the regime take, those guys are actually harmful. Like they actually harm people. They do it for a living. They don't. They do not care who they hurt. They do, they do not care who they even kill. Uh, all they care about is is gaining a profit and uh, you know getting their thirty pieces of silver. And uh, it's I, I forget I forget who said this, but it's uh, I'm gonna butcher this quote, but it's something to the effect of you'd be you'd be surprised uh, what people say when they're paid to say it, or what positions people take when they're paid to take them. I don't think that a lot of – I think actually probably a majority of of doctors uh, now understand and probably understood before it happened that lockdowns was a horrible idea, Uh, but some of them still won't say it. Some of them will still defend lockdowns because they're paid to defend lockdowns. You have to defend the narrative, right? And in, in terms of uh, of Hotez, I believe you said his name was. Um, that guy is, you know, for all intents and purposes, an an, an expert. He's he's an expert on uh, immunology. He's an expert on vaccines. He's the guy that should be willing to have discussions. And this is, a, I think, a symptom of a broader problem of scientists and experts not being willing to engage uh, with, with, uh, non, non-conventionalists or unconventionalists. Uh, and I mean, we, we, we see the same thing, uh, in, in, in economics and we see the same thing in, in a variety of other sciences, but here's the thing about science. What makes science science is that science is never 100% right. So scientists will tell you, and people that are familiar with science or studied science will tell you that anything, Anything, you can name anything, whether it's the existence of gravity, whether it's, uh, you know, the contents of atoms, whatever scientific theory that has become established science it may be, they never consider it 100 percent right because there's always that smidgen of possibility that they could be wrong because after all, it's humans that are coming up with these theories and establishing this science. So we when we lose sight of that, you know, 0.001 percent possibility that you could be wrong, then I think we approach dangerous territory, and I think that's what has happened with a lot of scientists. They've just you know, pretty much stuck their chests out. They've gotten arrogant. They've gotten complacent. They've said this is right, and everyone else is wrong. And uh, if you think otherwise, I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm not even going to entertain your idea because I'm right and you're wrong, and that's just all there is to it. And, and look at my Ivy League degree on my wall to prove it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it... – 2020 just proved that it was never about the science, it was only about power, you know. I mean, these people outed themselves as just jackbooted thugs. I mean, not, not scientists, you know. The the regime-approved scientists were not—I uh, mean, even the same thing that you saw during the Soviet Union. I mean, they, they, there was no science involved here. It was just control crushing the opponents of the Democratic Party, and that, that's, that's all it was about. Um, mm-hmm. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and I want to talk, and I, I listened to the whole RFK Jr. episode on Rogan, mo- mainly because he's polling at like 20%, and I'd never heard the guy speak before. Um, and yeah. I, I rarely have time to listen to a long podcast. I don't know if you knew this, but newborn babies take up a lot of time. <laughs> 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 who, who knew, you know? Totally I caught bet. off guard by that one. But uh, I, I had a lot of yard work to do over the weekend, so I, I, I listened to the whole three-hour-plus interview. I just wanted to know what all the hype was about, Right. First hour is all the anti-vaccine stuff. Take that. It is what it is. I mean, you can agree, disagree. I'm not going to get into that. It's not my beat. Then he got into his policies, his history, why he's running. And I understand why he's polling so well. And it's not just the Kennedy name. It's not just that that Biden has dementia, although obviously those two factors are (laughs) are helping him mightily. Right. I think people like him because he's not evil. Like, he was wrong a lot. He said a lot of stuff I disagree with. Obviously, I'm an anarcho-capitalist, okay? Like, his views and mine don't don't really align uh, a lot, but he did have a lot of good things to say. I mean, he was talking about how the, the CIA needs to be destroyed. They, they only exist to perpetuate wars and create new wars for the military-industrial complex. He said that okay. the FBI needs to be dismantled. He said that lockdowns were a mistake and can never happen again. He said that you know, he doesn't want to ban guns because, you know, the Supreme Court said he can't. Um, and obviously he was he was right about the COVID jab and lockdowns and everything. So it's like he said some good, rational, reasonable things as well. It wasn't all kooky, vaccine stuff. But in three hours, he didn't say anything that led me to believe that he hates me. <laughs> Which is, if you hear any politician talk for three hours, that is extraordinarily rare on the left or the right. And another thing is that he's not a liar. Like you can tell he's being even when he's totally wrong he is being completely sincere like he is convinced that he is right about all of his positions you know i i'd take somebody who's wrong over a liar any day you know i mean neither one's great but uh, i'd take take uh, yeah. give me the honest guy over the over the liar the regime Agreed.
0: liar i'll i'll take i'll take someone who's uh, who who's wrong but believes they're they're right and and is convinced that their ideas are correct over someone who's just being paid to regurgitate talking points and don't really believe anything that's coming out of their mouth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And his pitch sounded almost identical to Trump's 2016 pitch. And Trump has changed his rhetoric quite a bit um now. And that that's why he's he's he only has a 30% approval rating, you know, if he wants to become president again, which he's not. I mean, he can't win a general, but if he was serious about trying to win, he would go back to that that more optimistic 2016, you know, campaign pitch. You know, make America great again, and and that's what RFK is basically saying. He he, he's, uh, America was amazing and beautiful and the en- envy of the world, and and we can be again. You know, it is it's essentially Trump twenty sixteen, and he also it was fascinating just as like a a, a, a psychological study. He has this childlike idealistic view of nineteen sixties America that never really existed, right? He yep. he has this picture of america that that was never really real, and he is is completely convinced that nothing bad would have ever happened in this country if his no, dad was, and, and his uncle real. weren't assassinated
0: it was it was a hundred percent real for him he was for a him yes growing up in the 1960s he was yeah. he was living like a, a medieval king
1: yeah L- living um, like a medieval king with air conditioning and cars
0: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so what he's describing is very real for him but not very real for much of anyone else. Right. it wasn't real for minorities it wasn't real for you know gays lesbians it wasn't real for a lot of minority groups right um but in in terms of him himself growing up in that time period i can see why he would have this idealistic and perfect perception of the 1960s i think i would too if my name were kennedy and i were born into such power and privilege j- just by virtue of my surname
1: right and he and he was he was 9 when his uncle was assassinated, and he was 14 when his father was assassinated. That was So, I mean, anyone. it's like, oh, yeah, man. I mean, he should be way weirder than he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that is, to be a 9-year-old and a 14-year-old, and your uncle and father are both the victims of political assassinations. Like, I can't imagine a bigger trauma than that as a young kid. And so, yeah. when when you go through a trauma of that magnitude, it does kind of stunt you you know like you're kind of yeah. he's kind of still stuck in 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 68 in 1968 you know what i mean like he's still like a 14 year old boy who yeah. just like loves america and thought everything was perfect and then like they they ruined it all and we can get back there again you know it's like a very simplistic childish view but it's not he's not being a douchebag about it <laughs> like everyone else you know it's like he he's not it, it's not from this this place of of revenge or spite or hatred he doesn't hate democrats or republicans he might hate the cia but but he doesn't you know he it's not it's not this aggressive angry pitch like most politicians are making right now it's just it was fascinating man and like i didn't know anything about the guy i mean i knew obviously the history of the the kennedy's but you know I, i didn't really know where he was coming from but it was it was fascinating listening to him talk for three hours because he does he's a he's a weird dude he is a character knowing mm-hmm. the trauma he went through it does explain why he is the way he is you know i think that would have happened to, to anyone yeah. um i think a lot most men would end up uh, way worse uh, than than he did um but yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting man it was interesting he has this this very disconnected from reality view of the past but it's like coming from a good, like the guy. It's coming from a good place. Like he wants what's best for the country.
0: Dude, you're, you are having this too much. I, I I need to go listen to this in in its entirety. And I almost never listen to a Joe Rogan episode in its entirety because Same. I just get bored <laughs> and you yeah. know, can't can't stay focused. Um, not to mention I could be doing better things with my time, but. I mean yeah, it it sounds fascinating. I've I've seen some clips from it. I, I saw a clip where he vastly over exaggerated the money we spent on Ukraine and, and don't get me wrong, you know you know I don't support sending right, right, money right. to Ukraine, but the figure that he gave like sixteen trillion something. Yeah, he said on, eight bro.
1: trillion. Yeah, yeah, I know. I um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was some, something that people called out was like, you know, how how far off he was with his figures. But the point he was making was actually pretty darn good. It's just he, he right. the figures he had to back it up were were wildly exaggerated. And yeah, and I don't very... know.
1: He might have just been, you know, obviously talking to Joe Rogan for three and a half hours. Like you're mm-hmm. gonna say stuff that's you're gonna misquote things. But it's like yeah. he he better understand like if you're gonna go up against. The deep state and the military-industrial complex, and basically both political parties. Like you really got to button it up. You really have to have your facts and figures straight, or they're gonna mm-hmm. just destroy you for it.
0: Yeah, it's like Professor Amos. He went on uh, um, with uh, he went on Lex Friedman's show, and he talked for a good probably. Hour and a half about economics, and then they started getting into some World War II history, and the dude had no clue. So, I mean, I I I understand that because I mean, whenever someone asks you a question out of left field about something that's not really your area of expertise, you tend to stumble a little bit, and you tend to get some things wrong. But uh, those those figures were pretty exaggerated. I think it it's uh he he's a pretty exaggerative guy, if that's a word. Like, right. he will he will exaggerate things. He will blow things out of proportion. But I understand why he is the way that he is. Like, I completely understand that. And I think I would be the same way if I went through the trauma that he had to, unfortunately, go through.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting, man. It'll be interesting. Like, I, I said, I think the only other time I mentioned RFK Jr. was maybe about a month ago when he first started showing up in polls at, like, 10, 15%. I'm like— really? Like, it's really, Mm -hmm. you know. And to be honest, I really don't buy those poll numbers, really, because Democrats really are so collectivist by nature that they just line up behind whoever the regime tells them to vote for. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know... Republicans no, honest, are
0: it's, it's the DNC that that's, yes. that's going to be picking the candidate not, yeah. not the democratic voters in the primary I mean so, come I, on So I we think saw that with Bernie Sanders
1: But even the voters themselves really fall into line when told <laughs> You yeah. know like it's and that's I hate absolutely. to I hate to attack like my my countrymen who I love you know my my fellow citizens <laughs> but it's like covid too I mean really revealed a lot about democrats mm-hmm. um even just your your run of the mill average voter um it's a lot of people wearing masks alone in their cars, brother. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. A lot I, of I people. Believe,
0: I believe in the in the in the pre-show uh, before the actual show, you referred to them as toxic rule followers, and <laughs> yeah. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Like, yeah. here's a rule, I'm going to follow it no matter what. I'm not even going to question it right. because and it th- comes from it comes from on high.
1: I really do. I, I said a month ago that I didn't know what role Kennedy would play in this election but he'll play a role (laughs) you know what i mean like it's he's not he just did three hours in front of 20 million people and got pretty positive reviews you know like he's he's gonna like he is polling at 20 percent in some of these polls like he's not going away he's not Unless you know unless one
0: one thing one thing i know or at least i'm convinced is it going to happen is you're not going to see joe biden standing on a stage with rfk jr having a debate that's not going to happen No, no 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 um that's not gonna. They're just going to pretty much expect him to, you know, uh, be popular for a while, and then right off into the sunset with maybe ten percent of the vote. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if he can, you know, continue to to use his uh, his talents, and he is a talented speaker. The the guy is articulate. To what he doesn't have in in. Uh, uh, I guess voice clarity he makes up for in how articulate he is. He's very articulate, and he's he's a speaker who's easy to listen to, which is not something that you see a lot in politics. Most politicians, I listen to it for five minutes. I want to turn them off and never listen to them again, Um, but RFK has this uh, kind of articulate or uh, magnetic speaking voice… That can really draw you in. And I think that's part of the reason that he's seeing success is he can do a very good job of being wrong. Like he can do a very good job of, uh, enunciating or articulating wrong ideas. Um, in some cases, on some, some cases he's actually right, actually. I mean, right. uh, some of the clips from that Joe Rogan episode where he talked about how we need to stop being an empire and
1: a hundred percent. That that, that, that
0: was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. that was awesome. That's not something you hear from a lot of politicians and I applaud him for that. But, um, on the things that he is wrong about, he's very good at articulating wrong ideas. And I think that's part of the reason that he's seen so much success.
1: I mean, in my opinion, there, the two most important issues we're facing right now is one, the, the war in Ukraine and two, preventing the government from locking the economy down again. Um, right. I mean, those are the two most existential threats we face as a society. And Kennedy's right on both of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's geez.
1: like, OK, I mean, there's okay if you have the top two issues correct, I'm not going to ignore you. I'm not going to call you a conspiracy theorist or, or, or berate you. I mean, like there's a lot of people that are accepted voices in the political sphere who are wrong on one or both of those issues, you know? Um, Yeah,
0: It it does, does raise my eyebrows whenever you, whenever you get those issues right. And also in terms of, you know, uh, economic policy, like, you know, talk is talk, like talk is cheap. But when Ron DeSantis talks about overhauling the American tax system or taking a look at the federal reserve, I mean, it starts to, you know, raise my eyebrows and think, you know, this, this guy, let, let, let's see what happens right and with rfk jr that's where i'm at right now like he has said outlandish stuff in the past and he has a a propensity to say outlandish stuff even now um but he said outlandish stuff in the past about you know locking up people that don't believe in climate change and Mm -hmm. now it seems like he's taking a whole 180 about this issue and that issue and i'm not entirely convinced that his uh quote-unquote ideological transformation is uh is sincere or legitimate
1: no i Uh, think he's just a dog with a bone man I think he's just like he got on the vaccine train and forgot about the climate. <laughs> I th- I really think it is that simple. I think he's a guy, and we all have friends like this probably who just like, will move from topic. They'll become obsessed with something for a few years. And then move on to something else. You know what I mean? That,
0: that hits home because I'm I'm 100 that way. Like I will get <laughs> fixated on something. Yeah. I like you said, I'm like a dog with a bone. I'll I'll, I'll study one subject for five years and then yeah. I'll move on to something else. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I will become fascinated by things. So yeah, no, I get it. I, I get where he's coming from.
1: And I think it's we just need insurgent candidates. We need insurgent. People in politics generally, and if he can damage the state, if he can damage the the DNC, if he can damage the Biden presidency, then it's good, and then I, and I'm glad he's in the race. And I don't even mean electorally. Like Biden's gonna get reelected unless he dies, um, unless somehow DeSantis manages to 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 win the primary. I think DeSantis would beat Biden rather easily, um, but that's not looking very likely. And I we all know that Trump can't. Um, I mean, Trump. Trump is so hated among independents and women that uh, he would create 90 million Biden voters. I think, if he's the nominee. I say
0: this. I say this to you know hardcore Trump supporters all the time, and I love them. I love them. So do but I. I yeah. But I, I say that. I say that. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter how much you vehemently support Donald Trump and how much you would crawl over broken glass to vote for him. It's about the independents. Yeah. And the independents are not going to crawl over broken glass to vote for anybody. They are swayable. Yeah. And they can be swayed by, uh, you know, personality. They can be swayed by any number of issues. These, quote-unquote, undecided voters, I mean, Lord love them. They, they can be swayed if a politician sneezes the wrong way.
1: So yeah. And, in, it's like, such- and I, I'm sympathetic to the argument from Trump supporters, man. They're like, well, it's not fair. You know, they they only hate Trump because they believe the the propaganda. I'm like, okay, yeah, the Democrats won. They killed Trump. They beat him with the propaganda. They convinced 70% of the country never to vote for him. You can say it's all BS and it's not fair, but it is what it is. I mean like that's, like reality is th- this is a tough world, man. Life is hard. It's, it's fair, what you, it's not fair. Really? Grown men complaining that it's not fair. When has life ever been fair? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you just life, you play the hand you've fair. been that's dealt, man. It doesn't matter fair. if it's fair or not. You know they beat him. You know, yeah, but absolutely. like I, I I don't think R F K can can damage Biden to the point where Biden won't get reelected. I think the only the only chance we have of of, of Democrats losing in twenty four is is Ron DeSantis, and that's looking less and less likely. Um, but you know, never tell me the odds. I'm an op- optimistic fella. But yeah. but uh, the 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 point is, if R F K as an insurgent candidate can at least damage the regime. I, I don't just, I don't even mean the Democrats or like a, a certain administration, just the, the state itself can can damage them to the point where people, the next time the government wants to shove an uh, experimental vaccine down down people's throats, people will call BS. The next time the Democrats try to shut the country down, whether it be for the climate or, you know, race-based lockdowns, <laughs> you know, like what, like whatever's coming next. I mean, these people realize that they could pretend to be Joseph Stalin for two years and get away with it. Like Gretchen Whitmer should be, like, in prison the rest of her life. She should die in prison, but she was reelected by 20 points, you know what I mean? Like Andrew Cuomo should be in prison. Biden, even Trump, obviously, should be in prison. Fauci, Burks, they should all be in prison for the rest of their lives, but they all made— tens of millions of dollars and got reelected and <laughs> so you know what i mean so it's like if if he can damage the we, the most important issue we face as americans is to stop the government from doing that again because if they shut down the economy again it's all over like we're we're barely hanging on as an american society now if it happens again that's it i mean we're going to lose liberty forever capitalism will essentially fall and and, and it, you know will become some kind of neo-fascist society or something like that communist society. So it's like preventing that from happening is priority number 1. Yeah. Because it's the final battle. You know, I mean like we can't if we lose that it's all over. So it's like if if RFK can as an insurgent kind of stir some anti-government sentiment among the Democrats, among the left, which hasn't happened since, like, 2003 when Bush invaded Iraq. Like, if he can sow the seeds of distrust for the state on the left, that could actually, you know, he's not going to become president, right? Mm -hmm. Democrats are probably going to win again in 2024. But if they can start shaking that, you know, sowing the seeds of distrust of the state and the quote-unquote experts, the regime experts that could save a lot of lives in the future. Man. I've got, that, that I've, could I've prevent got a, another lockdown.
0: Got a, got a red hot take for you. The thing that could damage, uh, the, the regime and the legitimacy of the regime in general, uh, the most would be Biden winning re election, because the dude is not going to be able to find his way around the stage. It just completely shows you that the emperor has no clothes. No,
1: no, no you're wrong. You're wrong.
0: I, I, I saw the, uh, I, I saw the, um, uh, hang, hang on one second. I, Let's see. Was it Fetterman? I think it was Fetterman. Yeah, Fetterman and Biden. Fetterman and Biden were blubbering at each other like.
1: Why would (laughs) you put those two men? Let those two men stand next to each other, like if you're if you're their handlers, man. Like come on, (laughs) like if you're a regime propagandist, like who made that mess? Who greenlit that? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And and I I think if uh, if if our whole federal government were like those two, like on, on the one hand, I'm looking at it like saying, just how illegitimate. This whole regime, this whole system would look uh, if all of our politicians looked like looked and talked like this, like would wouldn't that
1: wake a lot of people up as to just how rigged the system is? I don't think so, because Democrats don't care, man. I mean, like I, I, I hear from a lot of Democrats. I talk to Democrats in my own life and they really don't watch the news when a Democrat is in the White House. Mm-hmm. They just think, OK, well, we beat the Republicans. Everything's be fine for four years. I'll pay attention during the next primary.
0: I mean, hey, it's it's a tribalistic mentality, right? No, it's not really tribalistic. It, it is, but it's more of a more of a team kind of mentality. It's kind of like uh, for the Democrats, it's like watching sports, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, during sports season, you cheer for your team, and uh, after after sports season is over, you don't really do anything. Like you either you either got a good season or you had a bad season, and you get ready for next season. You don't pay attention to any of the recruiting or or anything that goes on in in between that time. Uh, you just wait for the next season. And that's the way the Democrats approach politics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the only people who lose are innocent women and children abroad and anybody who's trying to support a family here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting, Agreed. man. Like it's I, I like I said, I never thought I'd be talking about RFK Junior on the podcast. Um and, and I hope that I hope the audience understands. This show was not about RFK Junior. we're we're talking about something much deeper, much more important than one guy. Um, but it's gonna be interesting, man. It it, yeah. it is going to be interesting. I, I still don't know how much of an effect this dude's going to have, but I don't know. I it, I can't help but but be happy that he's in the race because anything that destabilizes the regime a little bit, anything that that breaks down that facade of superiority from the state, you know what I mean? And any anybody little, that that tells statists that the emperor has no clothes, a little it, bit of distance can
0: go a long way. Yeah. can go a long way in in, in delegitimizing the regime. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, 100%. Ezra, my man, thanks for doing this. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Where can everybody hey, hey. Uh, follow you online? Keep in touch, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me back on, man. It's it's always a pleasure. Always enjoy talking to you and being on your show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Ezra for Liberty. Uh, follow my uh, organization, uh, or not my organization. I'm the communications director at uh, Liberty Youth Co. Uh, we're also going to be putting out Mises Magazine here, hopefully, this week. So, uh, th- things are looking up on that end. And again, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, and we'll do it again soon.
1: Absolutely, man. Everybody, check that out. I'm looking forward to the magazine. Everybody, follow Ezra. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>